We know church looks very different for all of us right now in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Today on the podcast, we'll cover finances, outreach, and other key insights to keep your church thriving through the pandemic. Informing, encouraging, and supporting your church. You're listening to the Excellence in Church Administration podcast from ECFA. Well, hello, this is Michael Martin from ECFA, and we're so glad that you've joined us for another ECFA podcast. Today, as we all navigate the coronavirus pandemic, we have a special conversation between two experts in church leadership, our Vice President of Research, Dr. Warren Bird, and ex-pastors, David Fletcher. You won't want to miss a minute of the conversation between Warren and David today. Let's jump right in. Let's imagine going forward from here. Dave, you're, David, you're calling it at phase five that we're entering in right now and imagining the time when churches are going to reopen facilities and yet the world is different, including the economics of staffing. So let's talk about the bigger picture and then let's drill down on the staff themselves. The diff- there are going to be several difficult points for churches. First is going to be paying staff. The average church uh, has their budget at 50% of staff costs. I, re- I recommend 35 to 45, but some churches are at 60 and 70%. One church in California is paying about half of their uh, income because they're renting, high rent district. Half of their money goes to rent and then staff on top of that. So their discretionary income is marginal. So churches are going to have to wrestle very carefully with, can we pay our bills? And at some point, they may have to talk to their lenders with enough history of how their income is doing as we continue on with the pandemic and hopefully see it clear, uh, that they're going to have to talk, talk to their lenders and say, what can we do? Because we, we're, we have a financial crunch is the word that the accountants like. And then they're going to have to... David, actually, what you're describing right now, and I want you to keep going, but really, this is not unique to a pandemic. This is any tight financial time when a church has to come up with several contingency plans and to prioritize its resources. So So I, I encourage people to, if they have reserves, and I always advocate that churches do, but let's say, you know, a a church has $100,000 in reserves. I advocate with the board or the finance committee, take a percentage of those, let's say 25%, so $25,000, and pay your staff, all of your staff, as long as you can. Redeploy them into calling people and producing videos and being very high touch, doing kids' videos and teens' videos and nursery videos and everything and, and kits that you can email home for parents to do with their kids and online services, phoning every person every week. Pay them for as long as you can out of that percentage of reserves. And then evaluate how your income is coming in. Some well-heeled churches won't have a problem. Many churches, however, are going to find that we, can't fi- that we cannot pay all of the people that we have on staff. So, David, let me take a little detour here. Many churches say, well, we have 70 to 80% of our income coming from online giving and recurring giving at that. And 
And but that means that even for churches like that, 20 to 30 percent of the income uh, isn't going to happen unless there is intentionality that in the caring phone calls and emails and everything of outreach to say, you know, hey, can we help you get online for our prayer time? Can we help you get online for our services? Can we help you get online for giving as well? That that gentle, constant messaging of all who call the church home trying to move more onto online giving, and how that assumes that their incomes are steady, and we're going to have a lot of people with some serious loss of income, but, but there is an intentionality by a lot of churches right now to help uh, shore up the giving uh, to online. Well, that's one of the things that we covered well in the first couple of classes in this course, because it takes a little bit of time to ramp up. And I had Dave Dummett, who's a pastor of 242 Church, 10,000 people, and he said, look, you can talk about the need for about two or three weeks, and then it will be need overload. The best thing to do is to cast stories, and I so agree on this. I mean, I'm preaching it all the time. Cast stories of vision that are exemplified in the ministry that your people are doing. And I would say, take a photo. So here's an example. Warren, if I just say, hey, we need 50,000 bucks, your response is like, okay, right? But if I say, Warren, look, you know, here's what the money that you and your wife are giving to the church is doing. We had a teenager. He just got his driver's license. He went out with his mom. He went to the local grocery store where we have an arrangement. He took the bags, you know, and he has gloves and we've trained him on safe practices. And he took the bags to this elderly woman's house, put them on the front porch, rang the doorbell. She opened the door. They're six, 10 feet away. He takes a picture. And it's even recommended that if they're delivering prescriptions that they have the person look at the prescription and then they take a photo of that to make sure that there's no stealing perhaps of opioids. Now, what's your response to that when you hear the story and see the picture? I, I have had tears come to my eyes many times when I've already seen touching moments like that as churches and others are serving people in genuine need. It's just awesome. So and I want to give to it. And, and if you're broke, you're going to say, well, gosh, I only have like the widow two copper coins. And if you're loaded, you're going to say, well, I better really step up because there are a lot of people who can't support this kind of ministry right now. Okay, now that's one aspect of the finances. Another is furloughs. And I was talking to a church yesterday, and they, in essence, before mandating furloughs, which would be temporary times off of work without pay, they offered the church staff, they said, hey, is there anyone who would like to take a month or two off unpaid uh, and would voluntarily do it? And to their surprise, several said yes. You know, maybe they had a spouse with a steady income, so that enabled them to be home with the kids in, in light of all the schools canceling or whatever. But the first, the voluntary furloughs, and then that church did go a little further, and there were a couple of people that they they announced you need to be on furlough, and were generous in uh, in helping that transition. Yeah, there are a variety of things between some federal programs that may come into play, furloughs, or what some people call a haircut. Everybody gets a ten percent, twenty percent 
um, reduction in salary so that they can keep everyone on. Unfortunately, some smaller churches that don't have a lot of means are going to find that that just doesn't do enough. So two weeks ago, I was on a call and someone wrote in, our church just fired all of our pastors. Ouch. That was my exact response. Now, I think it was premature. I know none of the details, though. But, uh, you know, I would hope that there's enough reserves that when things come to the harder decisions, that we can do it prayerfully, thoughtfully. We can um, have our emotions there, but that we're doing the best for our people, too. So furloughs, haircuts, hopefully not staff cuts. Um, churches don't have enough contingency in their budget. Most churches have about 1% or less of contingency, but they can put off buying major items like soundboards and lights and things like that. Yes, and just an editorial, for the long term, ECFA has all kinds of on resor online resources like cash reserve. How much do you need? And if you don't have that amount, what are the three best strategies for building over time uh, a cash reserve for a rainy day uh, like this. I was talking with a significant lender in the church community, and the question arose, just as a question, is 90 days of reserves enough? And no one knows. No one knows, and we're going to find that out. But it's better than 30 days. <laughs> yes. Now, as people are making tough decisions in churches, uh, David, you've always been one to advocate generosity. Uh, give us a couple of, what does that look like? Does that, for example, if you have to let someone go, do you say, hey, and we're going to earmark a couple thousand dollars for you to use a search firm or whatever to help you land in another position? Well, yeah, generosity in letting people go is what I always aimed for. And when I could, I would give several months of uh, salary, whether that person was an admin assistant, if we were able to, or pastor. The, the hard thing for a pastor in a good economy is it can take a pastor four to six months to find a new job. In this economy, I would probably urge the pastor to do a pastoral search, but go get another job in between time. It, wherever we'll hire him, UPS, Walmart, Starbucks, when they reopen, because the pastoral jobs may be scarcer in the coming year. Okay, David, uh, we could talk about the finances for a long time. Let's totally shift the topic and go into lay leadership. Now, everybody's at the moment at home and almost on an equal playing field with their pastors and, and other staff leading, they're at home. And, and the watchword is, you know, go show the love of Jesus to your neighbor, literally your neighbor, the one across the street or across the hallway, uh, and, and, and share the love of Christ and, if, when possible, the gospel of Christ. Is this going to be a time, I know that, that the people of the church are, are consumed with, you know, all the adjustments with family and, and job questions and all, but do you predict that we're going to see a rise in lay leadership? Well, let's, let's look at it from a worship service perspective first. So Warren, if you have a friend who is spiritually hungry, but would never come to your church, just like that is too threatening of a step. And suddenly everyone is watching online and you invite them to watch online. And the person says to their spouse, well, 
I mean, we need some help somewhere, but I'm not going to that church, but I'll watch online. So we have some churches have found double and three times their normal attendance in online viewers in the last two weeks. Yes. And it's, uh, I totally agree. We had a repairman in our house uh, just recently. And uh, I said that to him. I said, you know, do you go to church? And he said, no. And I said, have you thought about watching the church nice. you might go to online? Good job. And he said, I guess I'm out of excuses, huh? And I said, but you need God at this time, too. And, and he, he, he and I have had conversations over the years since he's come into our house. So I could say that. And, and he said, said yeah, I, I might watch. And same my neighbor across the street I invited uh, to watch a church service. So right now, churches are having the surge online, much like after 9-11, I think, you know, people went physically to church. Uh, at least for a season. Uh, right now, the online attendance from almost everybody I've talked to is way above what their weekly physical attendance is. Now, will I, that I wish, wait, pause on that one. I, I wish that was happening nationwide. It's happening with some larger churches, but not with as many medium and smaller churches. Now, that may happen as people get the word out, but that hasn't happened yet. Well, we will see, and that is an outreach opportunity. And back to my framing uh, question. Yeah, so I, I'm going somewhere with that. So here's what, the, here's what the savvy churches are doing. They know that if I go to a church and I don't get involved in the small group, my odds are one in four, one in ten, that I'm going to really call that church home. But if I get involved in a small group, then my odds are more like 75 to 99% that I'm going to stay in that church. The average giver at a church who's not in a small group, one person cited was, this was Dave Dummett, at 400 people, $400 a year. If they're in a small group, the family gives $4,000. So the savvy churches are saying, now what are we going to be doing in the early parts, the mid parts, and the end parts of this service to encourage neighbors to come into virtual small groups together? I could meet people in my neighborhood who are attending my church. Do you know how hard that is in Austin, Texas? I'm, I wish it was easy, but we're just not that neighborhood focused. Um, but if I could get in, in with folks who are seekers, who are believers but not going to church, people who really don't care but their spouse is dragging them, if we could do a small group virtually – then we can begin to grow as Christians and, and see some people come to know Christ. Well, let's see how the church rises to be the church, both in, in serving others and inviting others to consider Jesus. Final section. Uh, you're teaching this class um, online for church leaders and any others who want to be part of it. Uh, tell us what you hope we'll take from uh, this podcast and what you hope people will take from your classes? Well, the, the first course that we did was uh, coronavirus in church. And that was five weeks and we walked together as a class. So the classes that I do are systematic, a little academic, but church centric, really Christocentric. The next one is going to begin on April the 7th, and it's overcoming the pandemic. So we've all lived in it. We don't have to talk about the growth of it. We don't have to walk through how are we going to do online services. But now we're talking about 
how are we actually going to thrive? Yes, we can meet the spiritual needs of our people. We can reach spiritually hungry, non-church folks in our communities. Yes, we have spiritual, emotional, financial, and staff challenges. I would put forward, we can solve them and we can thrive. And we can be, go ahead, Warren. Is there any verse that has the, that, that's kind of framing your perspective as you uh, give yeah. hope to churches, both those who talk to you through this podcast and those who are part of your classes? Absolutely. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 through 58. The sting of death is sin, and we're seeing that right now. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through G Lord Jesus Christ, so then, dear brothers and sisters, be firm, do not be moved, moved, always be outstanding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I would conclude with that, yes, we can be overcomers, because Christ gives us a hope, a message of hope for ourselves and our communities. David Fletcher, that is awesome. How do people connect with you? Xpastor.org uh, is the website. Get a lot of visits by church leaders, and the course is cheap. It's 75 bucks because of our sponsors, which ECFA is one of, and we're going to be hearing from them in the course as well. Very easy to get connected. Always drop me an email through the, through the website. I respond to them all myself, hopefully within 24 hours. Thank you for your many good insights today. <laughs>